0: Welcome to the LeaderThink podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Gryson. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to LeaderThink.com. At risk behavior is not the fault of the worker but it's not management's fault either. I've been reading Sidney Decker's Field Guide to Human Air, and it really got me thinking about my own limbic brain judgments that I've made in the past. There are times when I have learned how workplace systems influenced at-risk behavior at the worker level, and then my limbic brain pointed the finger at management. All I really did was pass the bad apple buck from one person to another, my focus should always be on the system, not any person. Sydney states that sources of error are structural, not personal. If you want to understand human error, you have to dig into the system in which people work. You have to stop looking for people's personal shortcomings. This statement can't be applied just to the frontline workers. It has to be applied to everyone in the system, the workers, the supervisors, the managers, everyone. Human error is not a personal problem. It's a system problem. Blaming any level of the organization for the issue doesn't fix the system. But our brains are hardwired to find something or someone to blame. Today, I'm going to talk about a common experience that can happen when we learn about human error and start trying to implement human performance philosophy into our operations. Passing the bad apple buck. This is what happens when we move from blaming workers to blaming supervisors or managers instead. It is not productive, and it surely won't fix the system. It is merely reassigned blame. The first phase of the human air journey is learning that worker behavior just makes sense to the people doing the work, even when they are at risk. We start to learn how those behaviors are influenced by the workplace system to appear as good ideas or what corporate really wants. For example, to get the job done. This is an enlightening experience. But it is just the first step in a much longer journey. But that first step creates a tremendous amount of energy. When people have an aha moment like that, it literally floods their brain with energy. The energy to take action, to do something about it. In that high energy phase of learning something new, gaining new wisdom, We wanna do something with it. Now we know, and now we must act. We see how management systems influence the worker to get on the rails of the scissor lift, to hurry up and get the work done. And now we have to go fix that problem. We see it isn't them. It was the organizational system, and we've got to change it. So we naturally move our focus towards fixing the thing in the system that is influencing the at-risk behavior. When we go looking for that Thing in the system we are looking for a problem we are looking for something wrong we are looking for something to blame for it something to judge it's natural it's normal it's predictable and it's triggering our limbic brain Our fast brain will want to pass the bad apple buck from the worker to the foreman or the supervisor or the estimator, the VP, the president, or even the client. But all we're really doing is passing the bad apple buck from one person to another. We are still focused on a personal issue, not a system issue. I'm guilty of this myself. I've seen it in my own behavior. I've seen many times where a system influenced undesired behavior and immediately felt the urge to tell management what they needed to do to fix the problem. But that is my own limbic brain at work. If I try to fix management, then I am just trying to fix another person. Instead of the worker, I'm just trying to fix the manager. I'm just trying to fix a different member of the system. And that doesn't fix the system. To fix the system, we can't stop at learning why behavior makes sense at the worker level. We have to continue to learn why the decisions of each level in the organization make sense to the people why behaviors and decisions just make sense at all levels the system touches all of them any attempt to fix a system that does not consider how it makes sense to each level of the organization is doomed we can't just make a change at the top of an organization or just in the middle and expect it to fix whatever we see at the front line. We have to learn why every step of the system makes sense and get input for potential solutions at each level of the organization. Then we can attempt to make a change and then go back and learn how that change influenced new behavior again at each level. It sounds ridiculously hard, doesn't it? And it is. But it's a lot more fruitful than being a hamster on a wheel, doing the same old things we've done before and getting nowhere. So it's worth it. And it's enlightening and character building to both you and the people around you. But it is hard work. So back to that aha moment. When that energy comes along with new awareness, use it to keep learning instead of the strong urge to fix something right away. Channel the energy toward more learning at other levels of the organization beyond the front line. Learn why the decisions of middle and upper management make sense to them too. As a start, Consider your balance of the awareness between three levels of the organization. Number one, can you explain why the at-risk behavior makes sense at the frontline level? Number two, can you explain why the system that is influencing the at-risk behavior at the frontline also makes sense regarding the decisions and actions of middle managers? Number three, can you also explain why the system makes sense to upper management decision-making? And here's the really important part. Can you explain them equally with the same level of depth and awareness? If not, you will be tempted to pass the bad apple buck. If you can talk for an hour, about the system influencing at-risk behavior at the front line level, but can only do it for 10 minutes or so at the upper management level, then you are way off balance. As the scale tips heavily downward toward the front line, the other end points up toward upper management. It points you toward something else to judge with your limbic brain. That is what we must avoid, judging a different person or a different group of people. That's not fixing the system. That is just an attempt to fix a different person. We judge what we know the least about. The more we know about something, the less we judge it. It's natural. It's the limbic brain that is triggered by the uncertainty of not knowing something deeply that motivates us to judge it. Our brain can easily see what we don't understand as a threat. We need to make sense of it, and we need to do it quickly when running on fast brain not understanding something deeply is a predictable circumstance that can trigger a judgmental response in our brain if you know that is going to happen then you can plan for it from your prefrontal cortex that is where planning occurs in your prefrontal when you plan for it you are more likely to see it coming and then when it does come you can go oh there it is, I'm going limbic brain on management. It is very difficult to place judgment on something you have a deep understanding of. Learning is the opposite of judging. When you take the time to learn how the decisions of middle and upper management make sense in their tunnel view of the organization, it becomes so much more difficult for your brain to place judgment on them. The best method to lessen any judgmental thought is to focus on learning more about how the people think differently than you do. The temptation to place blame on middle management or upper management is just a big red flag that we have more to learn. Try to focus on that, that warning sign that there is more to learn. If you feel you can talk for an hour about all the ways that the system is influencing the front line, then take your focus over to middle or upper management spend some time learning from them without judging anything that they say you will be tempted tempted to try to make them more aware of what you know you will have the urge to educate them on how their decisions influence at-risk behavior You will want to tell them they need to fix it, but you can't really fix the system without a deep understanding of their view of the world from their level. So focus first on learning before ever trying to fix anything. Here's an example. Instead of asking, did you know the schedule you committed to is influencing at-risk behavior at the front line?" Instead, ask, why was the decision made to go with this completion date? Same with middle management. Instead of, did you know that you didn't order enough equipment and our workers are thinking at-risk behavior is a good idea, ask, how do you all determine how much equipment to order for a project? We want to learn, not reassign blame. Whatever the foreman is ordering from the rental company or the shop makes sense to him. Whatever the project manager is deciding or committing to makes sense to her. Whatever number the estimator is using for the cost of safety makes sense to them too. We need to learn all of that to get a clear 360 view of how the system actually works, regardless of any written policies that are supposed to tell us how it works. Only then will we have some really good ammunition to take action with. Sydney Decker says besides safety, there are multiple other objectives, pressure to produce, to not cost an organization unnecessary money, to be on time, to get results, to keep the customers happy. You have to assume that nobody comes to work to do a bad job. That last part is so important. We have to assume that nobody comes to work to do a bad job. Everyone at every level in the organization has multiple conflicting goals that they're juggling. We have to assume that nobody wants anyone to get hurt. But at the same time, all levels of management are juggling the value of safety with the pressure to get the job done at a cost that keeps the doors open and ensures the business is able to compete in our current market. We have to assume that everyone wants all the employees to have money to buy groceries, to do quality work to keep the client happy, and to go home safely. It's the juggling of those things that makes it so hard. It makes it hard on our judgmental limbic brain when we think one of those balls that they are juggling is getting more attention than the other balls. It's hard for safety people to accept that production and client happiness is a value and it does matter. Especially when our little safety world is focused so much more intently on the go-home-safely ball. But all of those balls that they are juggling matter. They are not separate. They are intertwined. The goals need balance. But our awareness of those goals that can conflict with each other also need balance. When we are in learning mode... We need to go all in with a balanced approach of gaining deeper understanding of the goal conflicts at each level. Then we can whittle away at the little things that are shifting that balance. Understanding human error is not about shifting the blame of atras behavior from one level of the organization to another. That is just replacing the name of the bad apple with another person's name. Human error is concerned with the system. Blaming any person, regardless of title, is the opposite of embracing human performance thinking. We have to accept that all of us are showing up to work to do a good job. No one is to blame here. All of our behaviors and decisions are just influenced by the workplace systems. We can improve those systems. We just have to focus on understanding them instead of blaming any of the people within them. Till next time, I hope you learned something new today about your system. If you learned something valuable today, Please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.